Thank you for checking out our New Beginning Podcast. This is a place where it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. A place where you belong. A place where you can grow. A church family that is waiting to embrace you. A community of people reaching out to impact our community. This is New Beginnings. And now, Pastor Christina Miller. Man, it feels good in here this morning. Amen. Are y'all thankful to be in the presence of your God? I mean that. Are you thankful? We got to give it up for this team. You guys are amazing. Each and every one of you. Y'all went to a new level this morning in worship. I I just thank y'all so much. You guys can be seated. Y'all may be seated. Carlos, if you could just stay here and, and bear with me for a moment. It is so good to see each and every one of you here today. Uh, As you all can tell, Pastor Jonathan is not here. He is ministering in a church in Atlanta, and he sends his love. He asks that you just keep him in prayer. He's coming home tomorrow. Um, But he told me to tell you that he has left you in good hands. So, y'all get me this morning. Uh, We're going to have a wonderful time. I cannot wait to share what the Lord has uh, given me for your life this morning. But before we move on, I just, I have a quick announcement to make. We have a very, very special service coming up one week from today. Who knows what's happening this coming Sunday at 6 p.m.? Shout it out. Revival night. Yeah. And listen, if you have never been to a revival night service, you don't know what you're missing. I'm telling you, these are life-changing encounters with the Spirit of God. These services have been so, so powerful, each and every one. And we are so thankful because this coming Sunday, we get to host our dear friend, Pastor William McDowell, who will be here. And, you know, most of you know who he is. God is using him in a tremendous way all over the world, not only through the preaching of the word, but through song. And, um, you know, I find it so fascinating that two pastors who pastor churches in the same city can come together with one heart, with one mind, and that is to see the glory of God. So there's no doubt in my mind, the glory of the Lord will be here this coming Sunday night. So do whatever you can to be here. Invite whoever you need to, who needs a touch from the Lord. And real quickly, I think we have a video, um, and I want to hear, I want you all to hear directly from Pastor McDowell, but uh, turn your attention to the screen and, and let's hear from his heart about Revival Nights. And I am so excited to be with my good friend, Pastor Jonathan Miller and New Beginnings Church for Revival Nights right here in Orlando, our home city, May the 6th. I can't wait to see you. I want you, if you live in the Central Florida area, to make sure you join us. Deeper Fellowship comes together with New Beginnings. We are both experiencing an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Can't wait to see what happens when these two worlds collide. We're on the same team. We're going to see something amazing happen in our city. That's Revival Nights, May the 6th at New Beginnings Church. Can't wait to see you there. All right. Yeah. Who is planning on joining us next Sunday night? Let me see your hand. Come on, everybody's hands should be up. Yes, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Who is ready for the word of the Lord today? Yeah? You guys ready? All right, so for all of you note-takers, the the title of my message this morning is In the Blink. 
in the blink, and we're going to break it down. But before we do, Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, and you are welcome in this place, God. Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. Father, I ask that you would just use me as your vessel, God. Allow me to get out of your way and do a work in each and every one of us, God. We give you full access to our hearts. We give you full access to our minds, our emotions, our spirit, man, God. And we just say, have your way in us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And if you don't have your Bible, we will put it up on the screen for you. All right. So here, the Apostle Peter is addressing the saints who, at the time, they were very discouraged. They were awaiting the arrival of their coming Christ. And so he's trying to encourage them in the scripture. And he's, he tells them something that I feel that the Lord wants to remind each and every one of us this morning. And he says this, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. See, God doesn't measure time the way that you and I, we measure time. You know, we live life according to time. We live life 60 seconds to a minute, 60 minutes to an hour, 24 hours to a day, and 365 days to a year. But see, God doesn't see time and doesn't live in time as we live in time. Because God is living in a place that is beyond time. Someone shout out, beyond time. God is living in a place called eternity. And because he is an eternal God, we have to understand as believers that you and I have received an eternal God. And not only have we received an eternal God, we've received an eternal mindset. So how do we begin to develop this eternal mindset? Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And I'm going to read it from the contemporary version. And it says this. It says, don't be like the people of this world. Don't be like them. But let God change the way that you think. See, at the end of the day, church, only God has the ability to change our mindsets. Only God can do that. And see, I can change certain things. I can change things about my conscious mind. And that deals with the things that I'm fully aware of. So I, if I don't like the way I look, if I don't like an outfit, I can go in my closet and I can change my outfit. All right? If I don't like certain people and their negative influence in my life, guess what? I can change how closely I let them into my life. Those are things pertaining to our conscious mind. But what I do not have the ability to change are the things dealing with my subconscious mind. Now, the the subconscious mind deals with the things that we are not fully aware of. And yet, hear this, and yet our subconscious mind, it controls the way we perceive life. So what determines what our subconscious minds look like? Basically, your subconscious mind gets programmed by each and every thought that you've ever had, by every feeling that you've ever felt, and by every action that you've ever done. All right. In fact, they say that our subconscious mind, it is what's running our lives 95% of the time. That's what they say. So, so think about that. 95% of the time, our lives are being run by a subconscious mind dealing with things that you and I are not even fully aware of. 
So now, based on that fact, now hopefully you can see how critical it is that you and I, we get our, our minds renewed, our subconscious minds renewed each and every day in the Word of God. Each and every day, our minds should be lining up not only with the Word, but with the eternal mind of our God. Amen? So have you ever read the Word of God, and maybe you've read it discouraged? I know I have. Sometimes I just, I need a word and I go to the scriptures. And how many of you, after reading that word immediately, and it doesn't even matter what you read, but immediately you begin to feel better. Has that happened to anyone else but me? Do you know why that is? Even though your circumstances may have not changed in that moment, your subconscious mind was renewed. And because it's renewed, now you're thinking clearly. Now you can perceive hope. Now you can perceive encouragement. Now your mind is starting to line up with the mind of your God. So it's so critical that we have our minds renewed because a renewed mind will change everything. So what can we expect to take place after our mindsets undergo this continuous transformation? Let's read on in Romans. It says this, it says, then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. But before that, before that takes place, God makes it very, very clear that in the beginning of this text, it, he says it. He says, but do not conform to the patterns. Don't be like the world. Because when you act like the world, when you think like the world, it's impossible to live a life that's pleasing to God. Right? And so often I think when we read this text, when we read that verse that says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, immediately, you know, we think of sin, right? I mean, that's what I think of. I think of sin. Don't sin like the world. Don't lie like the world. Don't you cuss like the world. Don't you fornicate like the world. And while all that is good and true, I also believe that this conformity takes place when a Christian begins to think in natural terms, such as the world thinks. So what, what is the world's mindset on life? What does the world believe that this life that we live is all about? I'll tell you what the Dalai Lama says. The Dalai Lama says that the purpose of life is to be happy. That's it. We're here. We exist. We live. We move. We have our being to be happy. Others have the mindset that life is about finding great success or finding notoriety. To some, life is about finding the next big adventure, exploring everything that they can. But most commonly, i found that the majority of people have a simple desire to find true love, to have a family, and to invest their time in anything they can that would give them pleasure. This and all of these things that I've just listed, it can be summed up in one word. Do you all want to know what that word is? Temporal. Temporal. And remember, as believers, you and I, we are not called to have a temporal mindset. We are not called to live life with a temporal perspective. Because this life that we've been given, it should not be in temporal terms. It is eternal. It should Our mind should mirror and line up with the mindset of our eternal God. So where do we find the balance, church, between the temporal and the eternal? Because I believe that there is a balance to be found. You know, are we not to strive to, to excel on our jobs? Or are we not allowed to live and have great adventures or to enjoy our family members and our loved ones? Of course we are. Of course we are. But 
commands us. Our minds should not be set on those things. That's where we get ourselves into trouble. We should not live for that job. Some of you need to hear that. Your job is good. It's a blessing, but you should not live for that job. You should not live for great adventure. You should not live to achieve great notoriety and success. And guess what? You shouldn't even live for your family members. You shouldn't. Because the God that we serve is not a natural God. He is a supernatural God, amen? Who not only has a pure mind, but an eternal mind. So we have to become eternally minded, not living for the temporary things in life that do not last, because the God we serve is eternal. Someone shout out eternal. All right, I want to share a very quick story, but first, how many parents do we have in here today? Let me see your hand. All right. Okay, so you guys especially are going to love this story. <laughs> okay, so kids. Kids, kids, kids. Kids have a way of testing our patience, do they not? Can I get an amen from all the parents? Man, kids. All right, I love them. But, yeah, they have a way of testing our patience. A few years ago, we had purchased the house that we're currently in uh, today. And I remember we were just in there a few weeks, and everything was so new and exciting. And it was just, it was one of those days that just seemed perfect, you know. The, the weather was perfect. Every, the atmosphere felt good. And, and I remember walking around the house, giving God some praise, giving him glory. I'm cleaning, and I, I sing when I clean, so I'm singing as I'm cleaning, giving glory to God. And I, I had a basket of laundry, and I was putting away this laundry one day, and I walked I walked into my daughter's room and I opened up her dresser drawer. And mind you, it was a white wooden dresser drawer. Okay? And I y'all know where I'm going with this one. So I open up this dresser drawer to put away the clothes, and to my utter shock, I see permanent black marker. But listen, it's not just like a little nick or a little line. It was like Swivel, 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 swivel. All these swivels on the inside of this beautiful new white wooden dresser drawer. And you guys, I stopped singing in that moment. <laughs> I did. I stopped singing and I began to yell. <laughs> okay. I mean, because I didn't know at, the, at this moment, I didn't know which one of my kids had done it. So I began to yell, Gemma, Juliana. And they replied, What, mommy? I said, come here now. And they say, why, mommy? You know, testing our patience. I said, because I said so. You know, definitely not one of my picture-perfect mommy moments, I have to admit. So they come downstairs, and I ask them. I said, take a look at this. So which one of you two did this? And Gemma looks at Juliana, and she points. Juliana looks at Gemma, and she points at her. And they're both, you know, pointing the finger at, at, at one another. And meanwhile, you know, I feel like my blood boiling a little bit. And I begin to do these deep breathing techniques, like, you know, like, like the Lamaze-type breathing techniques that they teach you. And you know what? In Lamaze class, side note, they don't tell you that you're going to need these breathing techniques much more when the kids grow up and when they get older. Not so much during the actual delivery process, but that's <laughs> beside the point. But the bottom line is this situation, it wrecked my day. I was in a bad mood, and I, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but it's true. I was in a bad mood the entire day because of this situation. And later on that night, when I kind of got my composure, you know, I, I cooled down, I sat down, 
on the couch, and I remembered something. And I just sat there, and I remembered that it's just furniture. I mean, it's just furniture. And in the scope of eternity, does this piece of furniture really matter? No. And so I said, okay, God, I get it. (laughs) But when we approach things in life, eternally minded, it literally has the power to change the way you deal with everything. And I was just, I was reminded of how true this was, especially a few weeks ago. Uh, it was a one Wednesday night after service. I was with uh, my sister-in-law's sister, Bonnie, and she was driving us home from church one night, and we had the girls in the back seat, and we're driving into my neighborhood, and you guys, we got hit by a car, I would say three times, right? Three times, and it was a drunk driver. Thank you, Jesus. We are okay. My kids are okay. Everyone was fine. But this person just took off after she hit us. And so, again, my blood is continued because I'm Italian. You guys know, and I, I'm very passionate. <laughs> I like to say passionate. I'm very passionate. Um, so, <laughs> so, quiet on the front row. Um, <laughs> where was I? <laughs> okay, so after this had taken place, I told my husband, I said, okay, we're fine. Everybody's fine. Thank you, Jesus. That's why we apply the blood of Jesus every day. We're fine. But, you know, this person has to pay because there is significant damage to her brand new car and we have to find her. And so we started talking and doing some like investigative thinking. And I said, wait a minute, you know, our our neighborhood has surveillance cameras in the neighborhood. I bet you we can take the footage and, and, you know, get a glimpse of this person's driver's license, her driver, her license plate. And I said, I bet you we can find her. So sure enough, the next day we did that. We got the, the footage given to us and we found out who this person was. And I'm going to be honest with you, in that moment, all I can think about was, she's going to pay. <laughs> right? This girl is going to pay. I'm, you know, there's damage done. You just drive away from the scene of an accident. You have to make this right. Okay? And in all of this, my husband kind of gets my attention. And I thank God for a husband who's not afraid to speak truth, even when, you know, it's not always easy or convenient. But he, he pulled me aside. And he said, Christina, he said, listen, we are not just dealing with someone who committed a hit and run crime. And I said, what do you mean? (laughs) He said, we're not. We're dealing with someone's eternity right now. And man, that hit me, you guys. It hit me deep down inside. And I thought, okay, you're right. Because all in the, in the moment, all I could see is us. I could see our situation. I could see the damages that we were, you know, that, that she had done towards us. I wasn't looking at the big picture in that moment. But he said, how we deal with her is vital because she's going to see who we are. She's going to see God in the situation. So he says to me, he says, we have to deal with it professionally, which we did. He says, but we have to deal with it with grace and mercy, which we also did. And do you know what happened as a result? When we confronted her, not only did she end up making it right financially, but because of how we handled her, she opened up with tears streaming down her face, thanking us, saying, I can't believe how nice you guys are being. I can't believe how you're handling this situation. She began to tell Pastor Jonathan, everything that she had been going through. And these are horrible
horrible situations that I wouldn't wish on anyone. And, and she said, I don't know what I would have done if I had one more thing on my plate right now. I don't know what that would do to me. And it, it led to an open door for him to pray for her. Think of that. Just a simple change of perspective. If we would have handled it the way I would have handled it, we would have gotten the damages covered, period. And that's it. But because he stopped us and he said, listen, there's a bigger picture here. We're not just dealing with the here and now. We're not just dealing with a car that one day may not even be in existence. We are dealing with someone's eternity. And because of how we handled it, we were able to pray for her and minister to her. Thank God. But church, sometimes it's easy to not think with an eternal mindset. It's, it's difficult sometimes to do that. But we have to remember the big picture. We have to remember that our time here on earth is short. I mean that. And sometimes the younger you are, I think you feel like life is just an eternity. It's not. It's not. Life here on earth is short. And we need to focus our efforts on the eternal and not the temporary. Amen? Amen. And sometimes things happen in our lives you know, that remind us of just how short our time here on earth is. You know, get out your camera, get out your, your camera roll and just start scrolling. Go back two, three, four years. I promise you, when you look at those pictures, you're gonna, you're gonna see yourself years younger. You're gonna see the kids younger. You're gonna see, man, my hair wasn't gray back then. Or, wow, look at mom and dad. Mom and dad were so young. Look at them. And, and, and it feels like just yesterday. You know, time went by just like that in the blink of an eye. Where did time go? Man, it just seems like just yesterday these kids were babies. Seems like just yesterday we got married and said our vows. Or just yesterday, mom and dad were young. Look at them. Where did time go? And some of you, maybe you don't keep your your photos in a camera roll. Some of you have what they call photo albums. (laughs) For all you millennials, photo albums are like those big books that held page after page of memories. And... (laughs) Man, I'm telling my age. Dang. Okay. <laughs> All right. So last last year, I visited my mom in Chicago, and she has tons of photo albums. And I, I picked one up one day, and I opened it up, and immediately I saw myself as a three, four, five-year-old little girl. Yeah, there I am. (laughs) I saw myself, that was my preschool graduation. (laughs) I saw myself as a five-year-old little girl. I saw myself, you know, in the, the family vacations that we had took. I saw the house that I grew up in. I saw, yeah, that's, that was in Mexico, I believe. I saw, I saw my house that I had grown up in. And I looked at these pictures and I looked at everything about it. And, and, and all these memories began to flood my mind. And it wrecked me. And I just began to cry. And immediately it just took me back. And it hit me, you know, I see all of this natural stuff. I see everything that took place in those pictures. And I asked the Lord, I said, but God, you know, where, where are the eternal things? Where are the eternal things that took place in that blank? Because it was just like yesterday that I was that little girl. And here I am, you know, 20-some years later. (laughs) All right. I can't lie. 30-some years later. (laughs) 
you know? And I remember, I remember how I felt in those pictures. It was so, it was like yesterday. I remember being cared for by my parents who now when they come and visit me, I want to take care of them, you know? And when they're coming, they're not even coming as mom and dad. They're coming as grandma and grandpa. Time is, has changed things. Things are not what they were 20, uh, 20 some years ago. And it feels like it all took place in the blink of an eye. Can anyone else relate to that? Yeah, sometimes I, I, I asked my husband, I said, what, weren't these kids just yesterday in diapers? Look at them. They're like little young ladies now. You know, Gemma, a few weeks ago, she just took her first ministry trip with my husband. You guys, she got on an airplane without me. What is that all about? It's not right. Gosh, before you know it, they're going to be driving a car and going off to college. And then when they're 45, they're going to want to get married. I know. I got to let go sooner or later. But my hope is later. It's my story. Just let me tell it like it is. (laughs) But if we approach life change, because it happens to all of us, but when we approach life change with a temporal perspective, you'll find that it's impossible to please God. And you won't be satisfied because the temporal mind is a self-centered mind and it it is very self-seeking. It only sees the here and now and it rarely looks forward. It rarely sees the bigger picture. And see, God is so good. He's so, so good that he gives us these temporal things to enjoy. Okay? Because he's a good father. Amen? But the purpose of your existence... The purpose of your existence is not, like the Dalai Lama says, to have, to be happy and to find pleasure in life. It is not simply to enjoy these good things that are here today and gone tomorrow. We are not placed on this planet to live for those moments. We're not. Because in the blink of an eye, church, everything can change. Everything can change. And in that moment, when I was looking back at those uh, those pictures when I was a little girl, you know, like I said, I, I said to God, I said, man, what eternally have I done for you over these years? Because after all, the things that remain are the things that truly matter most in life, are they not? Right? So our perspective has to be an eternal one. It has to be an eternal one. And when you approach life... Hear this, eternally minded, it will literally change everything. It will change everything. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you love. It will change the way you live. It will even change the way that you reach. You know that homeless person that you guys drive by, that we all drive by or walk by every week? Suddenly will begin to catch your eye once you begin to have an eternal perspective. Right? Once you remember that their eternity matters, you won't be able to just walk right by and do nothing. You'll have to somehow reach out to them, right? Or what about that friend or the coworker who's going through that tough time, the tough divorce, or maybe they're battling a sickness, or perhaps they they lost a loved one, and you keep wanting to reach out to them, you keep wanting to invite them to church, you keep on waiting for the right moment to share hope and to share the love of God, but you never feel like it's the right time. If we remember how short this life is here on earth and how valuable 
everyone's eternity is. We would not waste any opportunity to reach out and be used of God. So my question to you today is this. Who has been around you that you've been ignoring simply because you're temporally minded? Who is it that God has placed in your life for you to reach? Is it that neighbor? Is it that family member? Is it that local cashier that you always say hi to but you don't know their name? Who is it? You know, and these are sobering questions, right? But I have to ask it. What have you done with this life that God has given you? And I'm asking myself the same question. What have we done, church? What have we done with this life? Y'all remember the story in, in Matthew 25, um, the parable of the three servants, and there was a master who was going away on a long trip, and he had three servants, and he entrusted them with his money while he was gone. And it said that he divided it up, this money, according to their ability. To the first man, he gave them five bags of silver, to the second, two bags of silver, and to the third, one bag of silver. And he said, I'll be back. And he went away and he came back. And the man who was given five bags of silver had invested it and he multiplied it, he doubled it, and he gained five more bags. So the master said, well done, good job. So the second man who was given two bags, he also put it to work, he also used it, and he gained two more bags. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant, well done. But to the third man, he said, what about you? What did you do? What'd you do with what I gave you? And he answered him and he said, master, I hid it. I put it in the ground and I hid it. He said, why? Why would you do that? For fear. For fear that he would lose what he had been given. All because of fear. And the Bible says to those who use well what they have been given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. Who in here wants to have an abundant life? You do? Then use what God has given you. Use what God has given you. But to those who do nothing, to those who are living life, hiding from the purpose in their life, hiding from the call of God that's on you, to those of you who are doing nothing, nothing eternal with your life. It says that even the little you have will be taken from you. And listen, church, God gives us all earthly assignments, every single one of us, according to our ability. So our assignments are gonna be different. What he calls me to may look different than what he calls you to. But needless to say, we're all called. We're all called. The call of God is not reserved for people behind a pulpit or for people working in the church and doing ministry stuff. The, per the call of God is on each and every one of us as believers. So what are you doing with your life? Are, are you building the kingdom of God with your life? Can people see Jesus by the way you're living? Are you spreading the good news of the gospel? Are you helping to build this local church? Did you all know that each and every one of you should be helping us build this local church? Well, I don't know what I would do. Pray about it. Pray about it. Ask God. I pray.
promise you there's something inside of you that God wants to use. But you have to be in a place where you allow him to use you and say, yes, God, I'll do it. It may be scary. I may not know what I'm doing at first, but you know what? Here I am. God, use me. We need to live for what matters, right? We need to live for what matters. We need to live to do good works. We need to live our lives pleasing to God, not seeking to please our own lives and our own needs, but seeking to please our God. God wants you to experience all of the great things that this life has to offer. He does. He wants you to excel at your job. He wants you to experience new adventures, things that you never even imagined. He wants you to have great relationships. He wants you to have a beautiful family. But he doesn't want you to live for those things. He doesn't want your mind to be set on those things. Set your mind on the things of God. And then all of these things, they're going to be added unto you. You don't have to worry about it. You keep God number one, he'll take care of your job. You won't even have to work as hard at your job. You won't. Some of you are killing yourselves day and night, stressed out. God, help me, God. Oh, God, I need, I need this and I need that. Just focus your efforts on God. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of that job. He'll take care of that family member. He'll take care of your relationships. I promise you that. May we be like the Apostle Paul that says, we make it our goal to please him. Who has a desire to please God? I know you do. Each and every one of you do. I know that. So if you desire it, then allow God to do a transformative work in your mind. Allow him to renew your mind each and every day. Then you will know. Then you will know the good things that you're called to do. Some of you don't know what you're called to do. It's because you're not in the Word. You got to get in the Word. He'll show you. He will. He'll show you the things that He's called you to do. And you will find the ability to please God, which is why we are created. Amen? We're created for Him. We're not created for ourselves. We're created for His purpose. So get into the Word of God each and every day. And I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that impacts eternity. I do. When I come face to face with my maker, I want him to say, well done. Christina, you did it. I know it wasn't always easy, but you trusted me and you did it. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. That is what I want to hear. Because we are going to stand before the judgment seat of God, every single one of us. And don't be worried. It's not, it's not based on the sin that you've committed because bless God, the blood of Jesus covers our sins and removes them, casts them as far as the east is to the west. But what you will be judged upon is how faithfully you've served him. How quickly did you obey him when he called you to do something? You know, our life is short. Our life is short. And James 4.14 tells us, how do you know what your life will look like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a while and then poof, 
is gone. It's a short life. In a blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye. So how will you live your life in the blink? How will you live your life in the blink? Will you live each day to please yourself? Or can you determine, can today be a defining moment in your life that says, I am going to live with an eternal mindset and I want to make eternal impacts in the blink. Who's ready? Who's ready for that? Why don't we just stand to our feet? I want to, I want to pray with you all this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I sense your presence. God, you're holy, you're worthy. You're worthy, God, you're worthy, you're holy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for this life that you've entrusted us with. Thank you, God, that we have been called for such a time as this. Thank you, God, that we are not insignificant, God. Thank you, Lord, that we do have a divine purpose. We do have a divine call. And God, I thank you that we have breath in our lungs, that we are living and moving and we have our being today, this day, this day with hands uplifted, God. We commit our lives afresh to you. Father, we vow to you that each and every day we will do our best to get in the word of God, to get our minds renewed so that we can line up with your mind, so that we can know the good things that you've called us to do, and so that we can live a life that you can be proud of, God. Thank you, Jesus. If you agree with that prayer, shout out a big amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, some of you may be in here and you, you're hearing us talking about this eternal perspective. Um, and some of you may not even know where you're going to spend eternity. You know, heaven is a real place, but so is hell. And so before we leave, I just I want to give everyone an opportunity to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that once you leave those doors, your eternity is secure. And some of you may think, well, I know about God. I grew up in church. I know. I know this Bible thing. I know the God thing. It's not enough to know about God. I, I can know who people are without having any relationship with him, them whatsoever. It's not enough to know about God. Are you in relationship with him? Are you communion, communing with him each and every day? Do you hear his voice? Or are you just talking? Do you have a real reciprocal relationship with the Lord? And maybe you've said a prayer years ago, but you've kind of done your own thing. It's okay. God has given everyone a fresh start, a new opportunity to make sure that your eternity is secured. So one more time, with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. If that's you, and you want to secure the fact that you are going to spend eternity with your maker, then right now, I just want you, as, uh, as I count to three, I want you to boldly, unashamedly, raise your right hand so that I know who we're praying with and who we're praying for. On the count of three, if you're tired of doing life 
by yourself, if you're ready to let God take over, if you're ready to surrender your heart to Him on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Confidently and boldly. God bless you, sir. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. This is the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. And I want everyone to just repeat this prayer so that those who are raising their hands are not saying it alone. Everyone repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I repent for my sins. I, re I recognize today my need to live for you. I believe in my heart that Jesus died on a cross and was raised from the dead. And with my own mouth, I confess that Jesus is Lord. From this day forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to New Beginnings Podcast. If you want to connect with us or find out about our location and service time, visit our website at orlandonewbeginnings.com.